You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fleming. Today, after the Giants... Next embarrassing loss, lost track of how many were at this point. Uh, we decided to discuss a few things in regards to Daniel Jones and Joe Judge, particularly because of the timing that Adam Schefter put out a tweet the morning of the Eagles game, indicating that there is a pretty clear sign that Daniel Jones and Joe Judge will be returning, receiving one more chance. Um, this upcoming season in 2022. This comes after a very messy season, an underwhelming one, one that put the Giants in a position to possibly compete for a playoff spot after all the money that they spent, all of the assets that they acquired, all the things that they did during the draft, and yet they still are sitting at around four wins with a likelihood to end the season with less than five. So Chris, today I want to take this angle of talking about Judge first and then then Daniel Jones. And I don't know if it's necessarily us sitting here and explaining why they shouldn't move on or why they sorry, why they should move on from both of these guys, but I would like to highlight some of the things that make the decision to commit to the both of them or even just one of them is highly questionable. Yeah, the, the I can't say I'm surprised to hear that the Giants are really leaning towards and would prefer to keep Joe Judge and Daniel Jones because yeah, the, the Giants are a team that hates change. They they've tried change before and they didn't like it. And they usually wound up with them running back to whatever was familiar to them. And I think they are really pretty heavily invested in Joe Judge and Daniel Jones. I think John Mara likes these two men. I think he likes Joe Judge. I think he kind of reminds Mara of a young Tom Coughlin. Uh, Hard-nosed, blue-collar, yeah, Giants way type head coach. And Daniel Jones, he... He reminds them of Eli. I mean, that we saw all the comparisons between Jones and Eli, Jones's rookie year. Now, it has not gone the way of Eli's, uh, we'll say the first eight years of his career. You know, Jones has already missed more time than Eli did in his entire career put together. And yeah, I, I don't know that we've seen the upside that we saw from Eli early on, but yeah, this is the path the Giants are on. The thing for me, and, and there's already a indication also that Dave Gettleman is not going to be coming back. It seems pretty clear. And the likelihood that Kevin Abrams ends up being promoted to that position 
is sadly very likely. And the thing that kills me with talking about this whole discussion, if we end up going into 2022 with Abrams as the general manager, with Daniel Jones, with no competition as the guaranteed starting quarterback, basically, and Joe Judge returning for another season, it is merely perpetuating what has held back this team since their last Super Bowl run. And I know that compared to other franchises, we're not spoiled, but we've at least been given the opportunity to witness and be a part of two Super Bowls in the the past uh, like decade or so. But at this point, when you have a string of consistent failure and an inability to reach the playoffs one time since that last Super Bowl run, you have to look and make a decision on do you clear house? Do you start over? And I think that the the rate at which they have tried to turn things over and still maintain the, that original connection to the Super Bowl teams and then also just not completely clear things out has led to the amount of problems. And it has been far too long that they have not made that decision, that the mayors have not made the decision to say, we're going to fire everyone from top down and we're going to start completely over with a new head coach, a new general manager, and you know, I guess you could throw the quarterback in there that is not a part of or connected to any previous regimes. But it is going to be this endless cycle of trying to match a GM with a head coach, a head coach with a GM, a quarterback with a GM, a, co- a quarterback with an offense coordinator. All those things are going to continue to perpetuate. And that's what, where the fr- frustration lies with the fan base and with anyone who's paying attention to this team is that it has always been the same mistakes occurring over and over again. Yeah. And it's a really tricky treadmill for a team like the Giants to get off of. You know, going back over the last decade, there's only been three teams that have been worse than the Giants, and or at least going back to 2012. And that is the Jets, the Jaguars, and I believe the Browns. You know, that is not great company to be in. You know, that they, they are basically the bottom feeders of the NFL, and the Giants are right there with them. And you know, they're a team that doesn't want to realize that they are in the situation that they are in. And like you said, they need to really get off the hamster wheel and air the franchise out, but they just don't seem to want to. And that's going to make doing the things they need to do to get back to where they need to be. If the, if the giants want to be a, a, flagship franchise you know the big blue of old they need to really make some difficult decisions uh, reconcile the fact that they mortgaged their future on 2021 and it did not pay off it straight up blew up in their faces this year and it they put themselves behind the eight ball so first going into joe judge who is going to be given a third season seemingly And if you recall, folks, being a a Giants fan, we have witnessed since Tom Coughlin back-to-back coaches who were fired after two seasons for different reasons. And Joe Judge is going to be the first since Tom Coughlin to be given that third season. Just to put things into perspective, Joe Judge currently stands with a record of 10-21 and for a 32% winning percentage. If he loses out the final two games, which could possibly be the expectation... And that's uh, the worst case scenario here. He is going to finish 10 and for 23 
or 10 and 23 for a 30% win percentage. Pat Shermer was fired after going 9 and 23, 28% win percentage. And then Ben McAdoo, who brought the Giants to the playoffs and was fired less for his, uh, his record, but rather his actions and his inability to contain the team and the roster was fired after going 13 and 15 with a 46% winning percentage in that 111 and 5 season. So the confusion there lies for me why Joe Judge has earned that third season. Because if we're going off of the decision to fire coaches after their second year, after not producing better than winning 40% of your games, why what has Joe Judge Joe Judge done to really prove that he has earned that? Because uh, it's Separate from last year, last year we were six and ten. That's not a good record. <laughs> like I, I understand that they almost made the playoffs, but that was off of a very bad year <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC East, where no team was good. So that's where, like, I'm perplexed. And what the heck has he done that is proven that he's capable of putting together a good team in Week Three? And how often do we actually get teams that, or coaches rather, that show regression in the amount of games that you win and then turn it around in the third year? Bill Belichick did it in his second year, but you know that's Bill Belichick. He's a completely different coach than Joe Judge. Yeah, I, I think playing devil's advocate, the argument is is that you know you had Belichick fail as the Browns coach, uh, right. his cup of coffee as the Jets head coach, and then you know real early on as the Patriots head coach, and then he became Bill Belichick. Now he was always a fantastic coach i mean his game plan for the second super bowl where he was the giants defensive coordinator is in the hall of fame like he took one of the greatest offenses the nfl had seen to that point and completely shut it down yeah he he was always a great head coach it was just a matter of him learning how to be a head coach uh mm. nick saban arguably the greatest college head coach and you know that's an argument that's getting increasingly easy to make yeah, you know, he was he failed as the Dolphins head coach. He was on that Browns coaching staff, which with Bill Belichick and just as an aside, run through that coaching staff. God damn, how did they fail? <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, just without going off on that tangent, which is probably a good thing that Nick isn't here. But <laughs> you know occasionally you need to give guys the chance to succeed. And they're not going to get that chance, at least not with you, if you are firing them every two seasons because they didn't have immediate success. You know, Sean McVay, he had immediate success. Uh, you have uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I, I wouldn't say he had immediate success, but you could see the, the Cardinals trending in the right direction. Brandon Staley out in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Yeah, he, he had... He has had pretty immediate success. But while we are getting coaches who are succeeding quickly, it, that still isn't the rule more often than not. You know, the, it's kind of been a bunch of exceptions, guys who have brought in uh, schemes and concepts that the NFL has had to deal with, which has given them a bit of, uh, a, bit of a head start. You know, Judge is a special teams coach, which is a different kind of background from what we are used to you know he doesn't have a background as an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator he's a special teams coordinator so 
he does have to learn how to manage a game as a whole, manage both sides as a whole. So I can sort of see the argument for wanting to give him a third year. Yeah, maybe with a healthier roster, maybe he can put some things together and they can at least start to trend in the right direction and challenge for the NFC championship in 2023. Yeah, that I think is at least the reasoning behind the Giants wanting to keep him. You know, the hope that if they just show some dedication, if they invest in him, the investment will pay off rather than, you know, kind of being like a Sean Payton situation or a Belichick situation or a, a Vince Lombardi or Tom Larger to go way back where the Giants have these great coaches, let them go and they succeed elsewhere. It, I think the Giants want to give Joe Judge the, the opportunity to succeed with them. And with Daniel Jones, you know, yeah, this one I think that 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 it's just more a case of what options do they have. <laughs> yeah, and and I want to get to that really soon. The last thing I just want to hit on with with the Judge situation, I, I understand that perspective. And I agree with the perspective that you shouldn't just bail on a coach after two years and doing it consistently through three head coaches is not going to produce positive results. It's it's going to just continue. It could possibly continue the cycle. But the thing that kills me is that if your team is not showing signs of progression, and in this case, he's actually shown signs of regression. This team has gotten worse since the first season that he's taken over. I don't know how you can expect things to change in that third season. There would need to be a vast turnaround to feel confident about that team. It is very hard to go from what is likely going to be, let's say, a five-win football team if they win, if they split the last two games, for them to go from that to a playoff contender and just to be competing for a playoff spot. And it, to, I, I just don't know what much more he's going to do in his third season after what we've saw over these past two years. That's why I'm hung up on it. And I'm not saying we have to certainly fire Joe Judge and it's we he, we have to get rid of him. Uh, he hasn't done enough. I'm not saying like it needs to be done, but we need to ask ourselves the question of has the results that he's produced shown us anything that we can sit here and say, okay, at the very least, we have this going for us. Kind of like we talked about on the, the live stream, Chris, the other day, or yesterday rather, like we're not, we haven't, there's no positive signs for this team next year. And I, I just don't know what Joe Judge provides if going into his next season. That, that's the thing that's bugging the crap out of me. Yeah. And that I think is the, uh, the flip side to that coin of the devil's advocate argument is that, you know, what has this team shown? How have they gotten better? Uh, you know, he's been having everybody run laps since last training camp. He's having, you know, the coaches run laps. The Giants had a whole bunch of players retire during training camp this year. Kelvin Benjamin basically called him, called him out as a joke, you know, pretty much straight up and said he would never win anything. And, you know, unfortunately so far that is, that has proven accurate and the, the thing that gets me is just how often the Giants look utterly unprepared to play football. Yeah, you know, I talked in the live stream about how they were unprepared week one against the Broncos. They they didn't even look like they knew what a football field looked like against the Buccaneers coming off of their bye week. And it 
the team just be, being unprepared and making mental mistakes and technique mistakes and not to mention judges mystifying, we'll say, in-game decisions and how he manages the game clock and whether or not he calls a timeout or yeah, you know, the decisions about whether to kick, punt, go for it, you know, when and where to do those things. That, yeah, we talk about player, young players m- keep making the same mistakes and whether or not it's time to move on from them because of that, that lack of development. Well, we're kind of seeing the same thing from Judge where he's, the team keeps making the same mistakes and that's the sort of thing that falls on the coaching staff and ultimately the head coach. You know, I, I suppose the one thing he does have going for him that, you know, Ben McAdoo especially screwed up is so far while judge has uh, angered at least some areas of the player of the fan base. He hasn't pissed the fans off like McAdoo did when he benched Eli and <laughs> he hasn't lost the locker room yet. We don't have players sniping each other in the media like uh, Eli Apple and Landon Collins were, or you know, players kind of expressing their frustrations in uh, press conferences like we saw in that uh we'll say uh, ill-fated 2017 season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last thing I want to say before we get to Daniel Jones, it's also far more embarrassing to get your ass kicked against a first-year head coach that took over an Eagles team that was terrible last year, that was not good at all. And Jalen Hurts really didn't have anything going for him, it seemed like, going into the offseason. And he's also not that great of a quarterback, but he's a great athlete, and they know how to use him properly. For them to be marching on the door in the likely final wildcard team... I think is the most embarrassing aspect of seeing what Joe Judge has produced and having just as good of a roster. And that's a completely separate issue. I don't think we need to dive too deep on that. I want to dive deeper on Daniel Jones, who over his three years is 12 and 25. He's only passed for 3,000 yards once, and that was his rookie season. He also threw for 24 touchdowns that year. Since then, 11 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns in back-to-back years. That is abysmal. That is not good to be throwing for that. That's less touchdowns than games that he has played in uh, over that span. Uh, You also indicated here, Chris, that the Giants have the 31st ranked offense of 2022, or sorry, 2020, and then 2021 um, for both of those years. The bigger thing, though, Chris, is the fact that he has not played a full season throughout the entirety of his career in the NFL. Now, the first year didn't start immediately because of Eli, but after that, he has been hurt. He has been dealing with injuries. So not only has his performance been underwhelming and very low tier, but he also hasn't been entirely available in stretches when they've needed him the most. Yeah, you know, we talk about it. uh, Your availability is your best ability, 
And I think Giants fans and the Giants themselves got spoiled with Eli Manning, where, you know, say what you will about Eli. And yeah, he led the NFL in interceptions a couple times. Sometimes it was his fault. Sometimes it wasn't. But you always knew Eli would be out there. You could always depend on Eli to, to be there for your offense. And again, say what you will about him. You always felt like you had a chance with Eli, maybe up until the very end of his career. Yeah, I personally got comfortable with the fact that if the game was close going into the fourth quarter, the Giants at least had a chance, you know, particularly when the coaches would you know, turn the turn their headsets off and let Eli call the game and really just take over. That was when he, he was the best. And I, I just don't get that feeling with Daniel Jones. I If the Giants are going into the fourth quarter or, or the second quarter at this point, and the game's kind of close, I start wondering what's going to go wrong. You know, what mistake are they going to make? When's the turnover coming? <laughs> and that's not a great feeling. And, you know, like I said, with the, the touchdown passes, and yes, Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm are bad. They are demonstrably worse quarterbacks than Daniel Jones. But the Giants did still go most of a month without throwing a touchdown while Jones was healthy and their first touchdown in a, what was it? Six quarters, eight, six, nine quarters, something like that was a trick play to Andrew Thomas. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it's not like the, the offense was just humming along with Daniel Jones in there. And I think that's something the giants really have to take into consideration as we go into this off season that they might have absolutely no choice but to stick with Jones and look at him as their starter going into 2022. But I also think they kind of have no choice, but to make sure he's got competition, they can't just hand him the keys and say, go on, let's, you know, maybe it'll work this time. He has to earn that job or, you know, maybe the giants just bite the bullet, rip off the bandaid. And if, this quarterback class is not obviously better than Jones. Maybe that raises his raises his profile to the point where the Giants can get something decent for him in the trade and just resign themselves to being bad in 2022. Yeah, the, the thing that I, I need to point out here is for any Giants fan that is defending Jones by saying, well, you know, like, look, look what's happening right now. He, he looks so much better compared to the crap that we've seen over the past two weeks with Fromm and, and Glennon. But when Daniel Jones was in there, they were scoring 13 points a game, and now they're scoring seven. Is that really that much of a difference that we're, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt? No, that shouldn't be the case at all. But, but it, it's... it's uh, it, it all hinges on the, the, the lack of production the mistakes, the turnovers that you're talking about. And I know that he has been dealing with issues in terms of all bad offensive line, terrible play calling. He had better play calling, ironically, with Pat Shermer, who we complained about, and <laughs> we probably shouldn't have. And if there was a way to keep him as the offensive coordinator, I honestly maybe would have been in favor of that. But right now, Daniel Jones has not really proven it. He's got one year left. I would hope that they don't give him that fifth-year option. But I'm in agreement with you, Chris, that... They likely will not 
draft somebody in this year's class because there really isn't a premier player in the top five that is worth taking with either of those picks to replace him. They could end up just in the same situation as when they drafted Jones and then starting over that cycle. So they're better off waiting until they're comfortable doing it and maybe letting him play out that final year and turning him into you know something if if he's if he's still not really capable of being a, a starting NFL quarterback. But I wonder if there is a possibility for them to go and get a free agent or try and chase down a trade partner for somebody that could compete with Daniel Jones so he's not going into the season with a little fire under his ass. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if the Eagles let him go, I would be in favor of getting Gardner Minshew, and not just because he's fun. <laughs> right. But you know, when he's been on the field, he has actually played better than Daniel Jones. And yeah, you know, I know that's a thing Giants fans don't really want to hear, but it's also kind of the truth. Yeah, I think right now the Jaguars might be kind of wishing they had Minshew rather than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw the stat today. Trevor Lawrence has only thrown one touchdown in his last 280 attempts, which is like the longest stretch for a rookie quarterback in recent memory. But, you know, just for the Giants themselves, they absolutely need to get some kind of competition for the for that quarterback position and you know i i'm also i'm also wondering if we shouldn't be to the point where yes the offense is bad they've been they haven't produced even when they've been close to healthy they haven't produced and i don't know if we shouldn't be looking at it as you know that is preventing us from getting a good idea of what daniel jones is and who he is and just factoring him into that analysis. And maybe he is preventing us from getting a good idea of what the rest of the offense is. You know, maybe he is also holding back some of the skill position players, some of the offensive linemen, because you know, we know he doesn't have the best pocket presence. He does have a tendency to hold on to the ball longer than he should. It, maybe some of the players on the Giants offense are better than we think they are. And yeah, you know, that, that I think is going to be a tough evaluation to make. And also it, it takes away from the run game too. You can't really run the ball. If everybody knows that that's the only thing that produces a little bit of production. And then you just stack the box the whole time and dare, dare your opposing quarterback to throw the ball. And it just, it is a perpetual cycle at this point, and I think that we've seen enough of Jones to know that it isn't always because of injuries and problems at other positions. He's part of the problem at this point. We've seen enough of him, and some of the problems that go in line with it are his injury issues, which we highlighted. So, Chris, I'm just to wrap us up, I'm throwing out some names here that are available for agents that I would argue... Uh, would be worth bringing in just for a, a little bit of competition if they can afford to do so. So top of that list, I would say, is Andy Dalton. And I'm not saying that any of these guys are going to come in and start right away and, and be better than Daniel Jones, but they at least could scare him a little bit and maybe motivate him this offseason to fix up and clean up some of his issues. And I'm not saying that he's not motivated, but when you, and as some, I, I as somebody who, who played college football, 
there was my sophomore season. I had no one behind me. I had no competition behind me. And I was very lethargic going into that season. I was not in the best shape. I still played the entire season, but my coaches knew that. And what they did is they went out and recruited a kid who was an incoming freshman who was a better athlete than me. And because they did that, I was far more motivated to get in better shape and improve on some of my weaknesses going into my junior year. And I never had you know, any, I never lost that starting job. So from that perspective, you need to have competition. And the fact that I think Daniel Jones hasn't had competition has been maybe led to some of these issues. So Andy Dalton, I'm throwing out there. Nick Foles is also potentially going to be available. Tyra Taylor is an unrestricted free agent. Jameis Winston, an uh, unrestricted free agent, but would probably get re-signed. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, uh, and then I last one I throw in there is Mitchell Trubisky. So those are some pretty quality names that I would argue could provide some uh, legitimate competition for Daniel Jones to at least scare him a little bit. Yeah, I would say you know, it, these aren't guys you're looking to be five-year starters to lead your turnaround and really be the be a, a keystone in your or a cornerstone in the, in your franchise rebuild but they could at least provide some competition these are these are all players who have won games in the nfl they are all veterans they know how to prepare and they can push daniel jones i the one who stands out to me is uh marcus mariota simply because of the threat he brings as both a runner and a passer yet at the very least that could allow the Giants to keep the quarterback option in their playbook, regardless of who wins that competition. But if the Giants can get the salary cap room to bring one of these guys in, I wouldn't be against it. And maybe if the Giants wind up doing what I I think right now is the low, you know, the, the least likely move, the, not even a pipe dream it's not going to happen but you never know and maybe they get blown away by an offer from the Steelers or from the Texans and they do trade Daniel Jones yeah maybe one of that one of those guys could come in and be a bridge to the next era of Giants football we'll have to see what happens but that's going to close out our thoughts on Daniel Jones and Joe Judge Uh, Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date and talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.